0: you need a little excitement?
1: Find out next on Junk Feud. Ooh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Or should I say, (laughs) ooh, yeah. Welcome to Junk (laughs) Feud, the podcast about junk food, where we rate and review mystery treats, to determine which one will be the undisputed champion of snacks. I'm your host, Mike. Alongside me, as always, Alyssa.
1: Hello, Papa.
0: Hello, Liz.
1: Okay, so what did the policeman say to his belly?
0: What did the policeman say to his belly? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, actually.
1: You're under a vest. You- <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> that one got me. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh hey. Uh, that was pretty good. I got one for you actually.
1: Really?
0: Yeah, I do. Uh, who abducted the octopus? I
1: don't know. A
0: squidnapper. napper. Uh, okay. That was a dad joke, a joke you tell to your dad, <laughs> and in this case one your dad tells you. If you'd like to submit a dad joke for Alyssa to tell me on the show, you can send it as you can send it into us via Twitter at Pod or via email to junkfeudpod at gmail.com and list that one that I just told you was sent in by friend of the show, Owen. Who's Owen? Owen is a friend of the show.
1: Oh, hi, Owen.
0: Yeah, big fan. Shout out to Owen and Ruby, his little sister. And Liz, I welcome don't... back once again to the world's yeetest podcast.
1: Hitting them with the riz each and every week.
0: Alyssa, I am so excited for this show. I have been waiting for this one since we started doing the podcast.
1: Some For some
0: odd reason. This is a big one for me personally. And Alyssa, I should say that this is a part of the road trip. U-S-A. Yeah, U-S-A. summer road trip, Lissa. Hop in the snack mobile, hit the road with us. It's July, Lissa. It means it's uh, summer road trip month here on Junk Feud.
1: How come when people are doing something, they just start chanting USA?
0: Uh, because this is the greatest country on earth. Citation needed. And what also because- France? France is a good country too, yeah. Our oldest and dearest ally. Did what you know about that? Italy? Italy, also great country. What about UK? The United Kingdom, wonderful collection of countries. Ireland, great country. What
1: about Norway?
0: Norway, lovely country. What about Sweden? Sweden, also great. (laughs) Hold on. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Oh, what about Finland?
0: Finland, very good country.
1: What about... (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. It's at the top and it looks like a T. It's at the top. Uh Uh-huh. Um...
0: Liz, are you shouting out all of these countries because it's road trip month and we're hitting the road? We're going to try all the best treats that you might bring along with you on a road trip across the good old US of A, like you were chanting, and maybe some of these other countries?
1: Wait, how are we supposed to drive to France?
0: I mean, you put your car on a boat.
1: But you you don't drive in the car on the boat, you drive the boat.
0: You drive the, you drive the car, car on onto the boat. the boat, and then you drive your car in France. And Liz, these are the types of snacks even if you're driving through France, that you might want to grab from a convenience store or like a rest stop while you're ripping across the interstate in your old convertible muscle car, the sun's beating down, the wind's in your hair, the radio's up. And Alyssa, in fact, today's-
1: what is Luxembourg?
0: What is Luxembourg? (laughs) Answer, daily double. Listen, Uh, we were talking about (laughs) road trip- Oh, what is Austria? (laughs) Also a country. We were talking about road trip snacks, Alyssa. Stay focused.
1: I'm trying my best.
0: Today's snack- Definitely sees a verifiable sales increase in the summer months, and the company that makes that snack attributes that holy to road trip holy
1: season. Holy cow.
0: Holy, as in completely, but also as in holy cow, it's a good snack. And listen, speaking of road trips, speaking of having the radio up, what are some of your favorite driving songs? Like if you were going to make a big summer road trip playlist, what songs do you have on that?
1: What did we listen to in the car today?
0: Uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. So just only Taylor Swift, is that it? Yes. It's all Taylor Swift. Yes. No other songs well, for a summer road trip. Like if you're driving down the shore, for example.
1: Rude by Magic.
0: Rude by Magic. That is a good summer song.
1: Um, Walking on Sunshine.
0: Katrina and the Waves. Excellent um, choice.
1: What's that one? Oh, at summer camp, they were playing Hey Jude.
0: Hey Jude, a great song. In fact, uh, I think that was the closing song at uh, the Irish bar that I went to in London.
1: Turn a sad song and make it better.
0: That's right. And generally, you don't put sad songs on your summer road trip playlist. But hey, Jude, not really a sad song. More of an anthem, actually.
1: Party in the USA.
0: Party in the USA. Great choice. <laughs> Listen, if I had to make a summer road trip playlist, I'm thinking Running Down a Dream, Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Midnight City by no, M83. That's,
1: that's, that's good for when you're driving at night.
0: Especially for when you're driving at night. Here's a Here's a deep cut. Hey, Julie, Alyssa, by a New Jersey band called Fountains of Wayne. Ooh. A lot of Fountains of Wayne closet fans out there, for sure. Uh, and of course, the, uh, the Star Spangled Banner of New Jersey, Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run.
1: Oh, say. Not that one, but. Tramps
0: like us, baby, we were born to. Run. <laughs> run and also eat snacks. Endless.
1: Wait, I learned how to do a Spider Man.
0: A Spider Man? heart
1: because it's like the webs
0: okay so this is radio so no one can see what you're doing (laughs) but you're holding up your hands which are in the uh marvel comics spider-man thwip pose where he activates the web shooters
1: touch your thumbs together touch your
0: thumbs together and cross your fingers over
1: make sure your pointers touch your pinkies Uh and put your pinkies over
0: for those of you following at home it makes a little heart it sure does that's very nice very nice listen you know what else was very nice speaking of summer road trips and things that are very nice we're gonna to talk today about an individual who had a music career, albeit a fleeting one, a little bit of a rap career. He sang a song called Be a Man that was about Hulk Hogan of all people. And Liz, that reminds me of today's snack.
1: Up next on Junk Food Slim
0: Jim. Slim Jim.
1: <laughs> You're supposed to finish it.
0: Well, I was waiting for you. <laughs> we had not talked about that beforehand. <laughs> yeah, Slim Jim. Liz. What is. What the heck is a Slim Jim? It's a meat stick. It is. It's a smoked meat snack stick. It says it right on the wrapper. Meat stick. It's a ready. That's the end of the show. And that's all we've got. Thank you. Good Good night. night. (laughs) (laughs) Liz, a Slim Jim, a ready-to-eat spice sausage treat, according to its original marketing materials. Like I said, smoked meat snack stick. Not a pepperoni, Alyssa, although it is a long stick of meat like a pepperoni is. Also,
1: I got like 19 Slim Jims in my stock.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about that. (laughs) The Slim Jim, a Christmas tradition in our house.
1: For some reason.
0: Well, yeah, I don't know why either. It's just, that's a thing that Santa Claus likes. I guess cookies and milk can only sustain a man for so long. You need something that'll take you on a long road trip through Christmas Eve. Uh, In this case, Liz, Slim Jim's not beef jerky, although that's also a spiced meat snack, like a beef jerky. Uh, A Slim Jim, its own thing, Alyssa. Do you know why it's called a Slim Jim?
1: We'll get to that in a moment. Yeah,
0: we're going to get to that in a moment. Do you know what else is called a Slim Jim? What else goes by that nomenclature?
1: A lockpick, of course.
0: Yeah, a kind of lockpick, a lockout tool. It's a spring steel, slides between a door and a window of a car, activates the levers inside that move the locking mechanism. You ever see one of these in Actionless? You ever seen somebody pick the lock on a car with a Slim Jim? No. I have. I've, in fact, locked myself out of my car every once in a while. I one time locked myself out of my car in downtown Newark, New Jersey, with uh, obviously the keys inside and the motor running. So that was a blast. Uh, Your mother has locked herself out of her car. And, you know, you call roadside assistance, a guy comes by with the Slim Jim. It's a thing of beauty in the hands of a skilled user, Alyssa.
1: Remember when Chase got locked in the car?
0: I do remember when Chase got locked in the car. He was very excited to get out.
1: Can I tell the story?
0: Real quick, sure.
1: Okay, so it was hot in summer and um, my mom had gone out of the car and I guess... My brother didn't, and so when he, he was, like, little and didn't know how to, like, unlock it, so my mom called the police just for some reason, and then my babysitter showed up, and Chase was locked in the car.
0: It was an exciting day at our house.
1: And then the policeman came, and he um, he got Chase out of the car, and then he asked Chase if he wanted to sit in the back of the car, and then mom said that that would not be his first and that, that would not be his last
0: time. <laughs> of course. Uh, reminiscent of uh, Uncle Jailbird Joey in Back to the Future when Marty tells him to get used to those bars, kid, right?
1: Get used to the bars, kid.
0: Yeah, but not our boy. Not Chase the boy. He's a good kid. Uh Liz. <laughs> Speaking of good kids, we're going to talk about a young man named Adolf Levis in just a moment, because there have been a couple different versions of Slim Jims throughout history, Alyssa, actually, and a, a bit of a circuitous route to get us to where we are today with the contemporary meat stick. The original Slim Jim, however, Alyssa, was a bar snack. You know what a bar snack is, right?
1: Yeah, like nachos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, sort of. So not like not like a snack you would order off of a menu at a bar, like oh. a snack that... Uh, a bar might just have sitting around for the patrons to uh, eat while they're drinking something usually salty. So, you know what you could do? What's that, bud?
1: If you ever need to do like a, how do you say, a ch- charcuterie,
0: charcuterie board, uh-huh. then
1: you could just cut those up and say yeah. that it's fresh meat.
0: Oh, 100%. I would put Slim Jims on a charcuterie board.
1: No, but like you cut them up, like
0: you that's right, it. make little Slim Jim nuggets. Yeah. So, the inventor. Alyssa, of the Slim Jims, like we alluded to, guy named Adolph Levis, 1929, Philadelphia, Alyssa. Philadelphia. Always Philadelphia, the Philadelphia. epicenter of snack history. Levis was a 16-year-old high school dropout. He was selling bar food to his local Philadelphia taverns that he was making in his garage during the Great Depression. Uh, biggest seller at the time, the uh, ubiquitous pepperoni stick, but pepperoni stickless, you've seen them. They're too big. It's not really a snack. It's like a whole stick of meat. So uh, bar patrons found them unwieldy. It was too much to have as a drink. That reminds snack.
1: me of the cookie dough in the tube.
0: Yeah, like a big tube of cookie dough, like a, like a big pepperoni. You wouldn't want to just have one of those in your hand while you're sitting <laughs> in a bar with a lager. Uh, so what happened was Levis set out to invent a smaller, slimmer, more snackable meat stick, Alyssa. And his original recipe was for a very peppery cured sausage snack that was smoked for 22 hours.
1: Oh. That's a long
0: time. A lot of care. A lot yeah. of love going into the original Slim Jim. Liz, What? What else was going on in 1929? Any ideas?
1: The Great Depression started with a stock market crash.
0: Yeah, we talked about the Great Depression being the uh, spur that led to Adolf Levis making his meat snacks in his garage. The stock market crash of 1929 obviously sets in motion the Depression. Kind of a big deal, generally regarded as a bad thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Also, however, a good thing, the first color television demonstrated to the public in 1929. Popeye made his comic strip debut. Can you do your best uh, Popeye impression for me? No. No, that's a... Just no? No. Okay. Herbert Hoover becomes president.
1: Who's that?
0: He was the president during the Depression. In fact, little shanty towns of tents that would pop up on the side of the road were called Hoovervilles.
1: Can you name five
0: presidents? I can name five presidents. Will I name five presidents? No, because we have things to talk about, Alexa. <laughs> Uh Wings. The movie Wings won the first ever Academy Award for Best Picture, the first Oscar to a movie called Wings, 1929. Hmm. In international politics list, the kellogg Bryant Pact... And like like
1: the, the syrup? Uh the pancakes?
0: You mean the cereal?
1: No. Kellogg. Yeah. That's a cereal?
0: Kellogg's. Like, yeah.
1: I thought that was the pancakes.
0: Those are egos, dear.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Similar letters, two G's. <laughs> uh yeah, the Kellogg Bryan Pact outlaws interstate wars. The Geneva Convention uh, also enters into force nineteen twenty nine.
1: Mama it says Mama. <laughs>
0: That says, MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art, opens in New York City, 1929. Also, Alyssa, Martin Luther King Jr. was born, and also Wyatt Earp died.
1: RIP to a real one.
0: RIP to the realest one, Wyatt Earp. It is, uh, for anybody that knows who Wyatt Earp is, (laughs) he was a cowboy, Alyssa, uh, like an Old West cowboy. It is insane to me both that Wyatt Earp and Martin Luther King Jr. lived in the same year. He looks Uh, like a president. Well, that's what he looked like when he was older. Most people see him there with that big old mustache. (laughs) It is insane to me that Wyatt Earp was alive when color television was invented. Those two things do not square in my mind. No. So let's, let's fast forward a little bit. 1940, the 1940s, in fact, Levis is doing well making his little sausage snacks for bars. So he decides he wants to scale the business. Partners with his brother-in-law, a guy named Joseph Cherry. They seek out a local meat packer, helps them develop a different recipe for a different kind of meat stick, one that might keep a little bit longer. This one, however, takes three months to cure, but it does store better at the bars. They keep them in little vats of vinegar behind the bar at local pubs. So if you want one of these meat snacks, you got to ask somebody to get the tongs and pull it out of the vinegar list. Do you know what they were originally called? The original name for Slim Jims. What were they called? They were called Penrose Snacks. Pen for Pennsylvania, where he was from, and Rose for the good Mrs. Levis. Her name was Rose, Adolph Levis' wife. But Liz. What? They seized on a better marketing plan and switched the name to Slim Jim because they wanted to capitalize on the size and shape and also the dignified nature of the new snack, Alyssa. Wow. Yeah, they had a, a mascot who was like a tall, skinny meat snack with a, you know, a top hat and a cane, like a Mr. Peanut kind of thing. Mm. They were advertised on local ashtrays at local bars. And do you know what the original price of a Slim Jim was? Hmm.
1: Was it like 50 cents?
0: 10 cents, Alyssa. 10 cents for a Slim Jim. Oh. It's not that guy. <laughs> you, you just looked up Slim Jim <laughs> mascot, and it's the dude that has like the big... uh <laughs> Spiky Power Man five thousand haircut.
1: It looks like Macho Man.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we'll get to that in a moment. List the next innovation comes in the late nineteen fifties. Levis and Cotton are p- partnering now with a packaging company, and they start individually wrapping each snack in cellophane. And suddenly, they become untethered from the bars. Now you can get a Slim Jim, Melissa, anywhere. They are portable. They are placed for sale in gas stations and convenience stores around the country. And incidentally, in the late 1950s and early 1960s, this coincided with the advent of the National Interstate Highway System, Alyssa. Whoa. So you've got cellophane-wrapped meat sticks, you've got brand new highways crisscrossing the country, and now Slim Jim becomes the unofficial American road trip snack. Guess what happened next? What? Your boy Al Levis cashes in. Oh wow. Yeah. Nineteen sixty seven, Levis and Cotton sell their snack brand to General Mills for like twenty million dollars. That's pretty good in nineteen sixty seven money. Yeah. I mean that's pretty good in today money. General Mills stands up a meat packing subsidiary called Goodmark Foods. They sell that to Conagra. Conagra currently produces, Alyssa, about a billion Slim Jims a year at a plant in Ohio. Dad. Yeah, bud. I
1: have a story about Slim Jims. Let's hear it. So one time I was in the parking lot and there was like a pile of Slim Jims.
0: Is that the whole story?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Which parking lot was this?
1: I don't remember. I just remember seeing a pile of Slim Jims. Just in the a parking, parking lot.
0: lot pile of Slim Jims. Yeah. Are they wrapped or unwrapped? They're wrapped. Okay. Well, I guess that's good. Yeah. Oh boy, uh, Liz. <laughs>
1: What has society come to?
0: Here's an interesting thing about those Slim Jims that you saw in a pile in a random unnamed parking lot at some point. (laughs) Uh, Those Slim Jims, Alyssa, the Slim Jims that we eat today, not the original recipe created by Al Levis in
1: 1929. What a
0: plot twist. Nor even, (laughs) thank you, are they the reformulation from the 1940s? No, in fact, Alyssa, it's a completely different recipe and formulation. And it was invented by a guy named Lon Adams. Lon Adams, who in his obituary, the New York Times called the leader in gymology. Whoa. Yeah. Adams, a fascinating guy. World War II veteran, first of all. Food scientist. His official title, Alyssa, in ConAgra was director of meat technology. Wow. It took him more than 25 years to perfect the recipe for Slim Jims.
1: Good job.
0: And I think he did a good job, don't you? Yes. I mean- You talked earlier about getting Slim Jims in your Christmas stocking every year. We have some familial experiences with Slim Jim, Alyssa. What? Yeah. uh, Well, first of all, it was one of my dad, your grandpa's favorite treats still is. Uh, And I think probably that when I was a kid, I liked them mostly because he did. And, you know, like when you're a kid, you want to be just like your dad. And I wanted to be just like my dad. So I would eat planter's cocktail peanuts and big bowls of vanilla ice cream and uh, raisin bran and Slim Jims.
1: You know, I don't really like Slim Jims that much.
0: Well, well, you're going to find out pretty soon uh, because we're going to try them today. Obviously, no spoilers there. Liz, you mentioned earlier we have a tradition. For whatever reason, we always get them in our Christmas stockings from Santa Claus. They have become so associated with me in my mind with Christmas that I thought about actually doing a Slim Jim episode in December for for Snacksmas.
1: Mm, They don't really remind me of a Christmas thing though.
0: No, because there's nothing Christmas about them whatsoever at all, except for the fact that for whatever reason, we always have them at Christmas. I will say when I was a kid, I remember my mom, your grandma, buying giant boxes of them at uh, Price Club, which is now Costco, BJ's, Sam's Club. Listen, uh, you said you don't, think that you like them how do you go about eating a slim jim what is your technique
1: i don't know you open it and eat it
0: yeah i mean that's what <laughs> that's what i'm asking do you like just snap right in plow through the thing that's kind of it just tear it open grip it and rip it like bogey lowenstein <laughs> would say sure here's here's the thing Liz. i think i have figured out the secret to eating slim jims are you ready for this what so slim jim a processed meat snack obviously little bit of chew to it a lot of snap from the casing a lot of bite. What it also has is the tiniest little bit of gristle, some stuff that's like not really good eating. So here's what I do. I take a big bite of a Slim Jim and I chew it 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 it until all the flavor is gone. Until the only thing left in my mouth is like that little nugget of fat that's inside the Slim Jim. And then I just suck all the flavor out of that and spit it away.
1: Can I spit it on the floor?
0: Absolutely not. (laughs) Why would you spit it on the floor? This is our studio, our (laughs) workplace here.
1: Oh, whatever.
0: You know, Alyssa, here we're going to get to the heart of the show right now. I because mean, we
1: have the stain of the red jelly fruit still.
0: Yeah, unbelievable, by <laughs> the way, that you would besmirch the this hideous like carpet faded, that I put in here.
1: Though, so it's okay.
0: Well, thank goodness for that. You know what's not faded, Alyssa? What the macho man Randy <laughs> Savage?
1: Wow.
0: Oh yeah, uh, Slim Jim contemporaneously, Alyssa, known for having possibly the best ad campaign ever of all time.
1: Can you say in the
0: voice? Can I say it in the voice? Yeah. I will do the voice if you promise to also do the voice. Sure. Are you ready? Now, you know what the voice is because today I made you watch a five-minute compilation of all the Macho Man Slim Jim videos. Yeah. Gotta have beef, gotta have spice, need a little excitement to snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Dig it? Why'd you go do Because that's what he does. He puts his pinky up and he wiggles his hands around when he talks like this. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Need a little excitement. Snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah, Alyssa. That was a tagline that was penned by a creative consultant. His name was Tom Leland. He worked for North Castle Partners in the late 1980s. Slim Jim's always marketed to adult men based on their history as a bar food. Obviously, we talked about the original mascot being a bit of a dandy. Here's the thing, though. Late 80s, early 90s, Slim Jim does some market research because their sales are dipping a little bit. They want to know who is actually eating their snacks. It turns out, Alyssa, teenage boys, the biggest consumers of Slim Jims, they had no idea. Here's the other thing. They found out through their market research that the reason that teenage boys liked Slim Jims was the tactile snap of the meat product in the tight casing. So that snap into a Slim Jim thing was actually real. People really did like to snap into a Slim Jim. And the company realized this. They reconfigure their marketing to appeal to teenage boys. And of course, Alyssa, what better way? Than with professional wrestlers, whom the ad agency says communicate energy well. Would you say pro wrestlers communicate energy well?
1: Yeah, they do like the...
0: Yeah, that's right. You're doing the (laughs) clapping motion to get the crowd into it, waiting for the hot tag on the apron. That's right. Uh, Some of the early ads, Alyssa, actually featured the ultimate warrior imploring the teens to snap into a Slim Jim. But of course, the campaign takes off when it enlists the services of the macho man, Randy Savage, oh, yeah. spokesperson.
1: No, he's he does the voice, he's like, need a little excitement, snap into a Slim Jim. And then the boys are like.
0: Yeah, and then they snap into a Slim Jim and there's like a whip crack sound. It's fantastic. Uh, Savage spokesperson from 93 to 2000. Here's the thing, Alyssa, in some interviews, Randy Savage's old boss in WCW World Championship Wrestling, a guy named Eric Bischoff, said that Slim Jim was paying the company so much money to be able to use Macho Man in its advertising campaigns because he was working there at the time. They actually paid the entire first year of his WCW wrestling contract. This was like three quarters of a million dollars at the time. Whoa. Here's the thing. Do you know who the Macho Man actually is, Alyssa? Yeah. You do?
1: Well, I know that. I have a shirt, well, that I just gave to Chase. Oh,
0: that's right. We have matching, we're going to get to that. You and I have matching Mega Powers t-shirts.
1: And the head.
0: The The head? The mask. Oh, well, you have wrestling masks, yeah. Macho Man didn't wear a wrestling mask, but he did wear a lot of incredibly garish costumes and tassels and sequins and cowboy hats and glasses. He was known, obviously, for his look. And this is a man, Alyssa, who was born Randy Poffo in Columbus, Ohio, 1952. He was born into a wrestling family. He's the son of the legendary Angelo Poffo and brother to Lanny Poffo, who also wrestled. If you were watching WWF in the 1980s, you might have known him as the genius.
1: Randy.
0: Randy. This is the, the best Randy. He's Randy. A, uh, Six-time world champion in two of the biggest companies uh, at the pinnacle of professional wrestling. A wrestling hall of famer in 2015. Liz, he was an honor student in high school. Can you believe that? wow he was a great baseball player too undrafted in the major league baseball draft but he walked on to the st louis cardinals minor league baseball system he played pro ball for four years before his wrestling career took off and uh lissa the macho man no longer with us but towards the end of his life well known for his philanthropic efforts in and around the sarasota florida area
1: was that is this the one that like died when he was like on the thing
0: on the thing
1: zip line
0: Zipline? No. Randy Savage uh, had a heart attack while he was driving a car.
1: Who's the one that fell off the zipline?
0: Oh, that was Owen Hart.
1: Weren't you there?
0: I was not there. Uh, Definitely not. That, I believe, took place in Kansas City. I'm very glad I was not there. The darkest day in one of the darkest days in professional wrestling history, of course. It's really sad. It is really sad, but you know what's not sad, Alyssa? Hmm. All the nice things that Randy Savage, who was known as a bit of a Uh, A bit of an eccentric person during his wrestling career did towards the end of his life. He participated in D.A.R.E., Drug Abuse Resistance Awareness uh, in Sarasota, Florida. He uh, was a volunteer for Habitat for Humanity, Alyssa, helped to build houses for people that needed them. He also, yeah, he would also perform in his inimitable Randy Savage voice. The night before Christmas, each of December, at a local Philharmonic charity concert.
1: Wait, how do you say that again?
0: Philharmonic.
1: Philharmonic. That's right. And wait, what is the night before Christmas
0: song? You know, the poem. Twas the night before Christmas and oh. all through the house. But imagine imagine the Macho Man saying it. Yeah, it was the night before Christmas. Uh huh. Like that? Mm hmm. Uh huh. Liz, who are the best. It's the Italian. Macho Man? Yeah. Uh no, I believe he's Greek.
1: Oh, he sounds Italian.
0: Well, he sounds like the Macho Man. I mean, there's nobody really that sounds <laughs> like him. When you think about a pro wrestler, you think about the Macho Man. Of course, he's the best pro wrestler to imitate. Of course, who else, Alyssa? What other professional wrestlers are good to do impressions of?
1: A uh, Hogan.
0: Yeah, Hulk Hogan. Can I hear your Hulk Hogan?
1: No, because I don't really know who that is.
0: What you gonna do, brother?
1: A uh, Flair. Who's Rick that? Rick Flair,
0: oh, the yeah. Nature Boy. What does he say?
1: Wait, does, is that the one with like the tassels?
0: Well, yeah, Nature Boy had some, well, he had like feathered and sequined robes. That one. Yeah. Uh, what, is, what does Ric Flair say? You know.
1: <laughs> Woo! Woo!
0: Yeah, you're not trying very hard. Dusty Rhodes, of course.
1: Sure. I don't know who that is. You either. don't
0: know the American <laughs> dream, Dusty Rhodes? You know Cody Rhodes. It's his dad. Oh. Stardust, your favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah. <laughs> His father, the American Dream, Dusty uh, Rhodes. Oh,
1: uh, you put hard
0: times on Dusty Rhodes, baby.
1: Piper, who's Rowdy that?
0: Roddy Piper. Who's that? You don't know Rowdy Roddy Piper. I don't Piper. know
1: any of these people. Just when
0: you think you know the answers, I change the questions. Roddy who's Piper.
1: Austin.
0: Stone Cold Steve Austin, the most popular uh, professional wrestler of all time.
1: And how was he? Sound like
0: Stone Cold
1: Austin. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: I can. That's a very
0: bad Steve Austin, but it's bad on purpose. The
1: Rock. Of course, you know The
0: Rock, Alyssa. Yeah. What's The Rock say?
1: What can I say? You're welcome. <laughs> <local. laughs>
0: yeah, technically, I guess he's Maui to you. He'll always be uh, Dwayne to me, Rocky Maivia. Uh, Liz, we talked about the best wrestlers to imitate, but who are some of the best pro wrestlers of all time? Like full stop.
1: Who do you think?
0: Well, I think the macho man, Randy Savage, of course, one of the greatest of all times. He even wore a t-shirt when he was actively wrestling that said, Savage, greatest of all time. Here's the question, though. What makes a pro wrestler the greatest of all time? And I have the answer, actually, for you in case you want to know.
1: Um, To to their looks. uh Uh-huh. How they talk. Uh-huh. How they work.
0: That's right. You are referencing Alyssa. And I'm so proud of this. The Bret Hart scale. You but know who I Bret touched. Hart is, right? Not really. Bret the Hitman Hart, my favorite wrestler ever.
1: You say that you have a lot of favorite wrestlers.
0: No, I have one favorite wrestler and it's Bret Hart. And Didn't everybody else is a close did you just say he was second. Macho Man? I said he might be the greatest of all time, but he's not my favorite of all time. Oh. He might be a close second. I don't know. Here's the thing. Bret Hart, my favorite wrestler, one of the most proficient technical wrestlers of all time. He has a rating system that he uses to judge uh, what a wrestler looks like. So like their gimmick, their outfit, their look, uh, how good they are at cutting promos or giving interviews, how they talk. And then of course, what they can do in the ring. And it's a 30 point scale. You get 10 points for each category. Uh, I think it's the best rating system for wrestling, look, talk, work. And the most appropriate, of course, Bret, who was very humble, Uh, rated himself just a 21 out of 30. He said he was not great at talking. He gave Hulk Hogan a 22 out of 30. Bret Hart very famously hates Hulk Hogan. Uh, Thinks he was a terrible technical 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 wrestler, Uh, Alyssa. Here's the thing though, using that scale, most commentators that have judged this in the past would say the Macho Man Randy Savage, perhaps the only person ever to have lived that would get 10 for look, 10 for talk, 10 for work. Maybe Ric Flair also, but definitely the Macho Man. Whoa. Yeah, interestingly enough, Bret Hart actually wrestled Macho Man Randy Savage, a few times. And uh, on some occasions, it was as a fill-in. And he would say, uh, you know, somebody else was scheduled to wrestle Macho Man. They didn't show up for whatever reason. They just said, oh, throw bread in there. Those guys are good. They'll figure it out. And in fact, he said Savage was so good that they could just go into the ring. They didn't even need to talk about what they were going to do in the match. They went in cold, called it in the ring, would go 20 minutes. And of course, that's just the... What are you doing?
1: I'm looking up the person that had... (laughs) I want to know who this was. No, I don't want to buy it.
0: You're looking for a wrestler with holographic tassels on sleeves?
1: He did. And I, oh my God, it looked just like that too. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I
0: mean, there's a ton of wrestlers that wear outfits like that. Are you thinking of, well, I mean, Macho Man has jackets that look like that for sure. Chris Jericho probably wore something like that. Sting, Sting 100% wore a jacket with tassels on the sleeves.
1: You keep going, I'll find it.
0: That's that's what you're looking at right there. That's Macho Man.
1: Yeah, but that's, it's not the holographic one. It's not that one. one.
0: Well, here's the thing, Liz. Wait, what uh, was the other person? I said Sting. Who's that? Sting is a wrestler. What's
1: his first name? Sting. Oh. <laughs> that's not gonna say it. I mean,
0: his, his name is Steve, but you know, Sting. Uh, Liz. What? We were talking earlier about the Macho Man and his voice, and he used that voice to do what's called Cutting a promo, which is essentially a promotional interview, Alyssa, some of the best promos of all time came from the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Some of the best were Dusty Rhodes. We talked about him earlier. Obviously, some of the best, the Macho Man. And if you go on YouTube, you will fall down a rabbit hole of watching the Macho Man cut these insane unhinged promos where he is sometimes not even looking at the camera or the interviewer. He has his back to the camera, which was like unheard of back then. Uh, I remember being at my grandparents' house when I was a little kid in Pittman, New Jersey. They never watched TV. They had one small TV in a, like a little used guest room upstairs. But for whatever reason, we were there one day and it happened to be on and wrestling happened to be on. And there was the macho man with his valet, his wife, Miss Elizabeth by his side being interviewed by mean Gene Okerlund. And he was standing behind the blue cage that they had, that they did cage matches with back then. And he's doing this interview and he's just insane. And his muscles are huge and the veins are popping out of his head and neck. And I couldn't understand a word he was saying, but I knew from that moment that he was like the guy. And in fact, later on, when I would watch wrestling, Alyssa, I would see his matches. And some of them are some of the best of all time. What's your We've asked this before, I think, on this show. What's your favorite wrestling match of all time?
1: The Royal Rumble where we um, gambled Skittles.
0: (laughs) The Royal Rumble where you gambled Skittles and uh, I think Ronda Rousey won that year, right?
1: And I won all the Skittles.
0: You won all the Skittles because you bet on Ronda Rousey. Now, Liz, if you ask a lot of actual professional wrestlers, especially some of the older generation now that are just retiring from wrestling or just about to, what their favorite match is, uh, probably a lot of them will say... Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three. This was a deeply technical match. There was something like 27 near falls in it, which was a thing that did not happen at the time, especially when you contrast it with that same show where Hulk Hogan and Andre the giant had a big match at the end yeah. where Hogan body slammed the giant and 93,000 or however many fake, uh, attendance, uh, <laughs> however many there were in attendance, that fake number for the Pontiac silver dome, uh, That was the big match of the night, but early on, Steamboat and Savage went out there and they were breaking paradigms. Randy Savage got some of the only good matches that the Ultimate Warrior ever had out of him. He had a feud with Hulk Hogan. This was the Mega Powers Explode, those t-shirts that we have. That, I think, was possibly the height of professional wrestling storytelling, perhaps the greatest storyline ever in the art form, like the absolute height of of what was going on in professional wrestling in the late 80s and early 90s. His finishing move, the flying elbow drop, remains one of pro wrestling's most devastating finishing maneuvers, Alyssa. Lots of guys do it. I just watched a pro wrestling pay-per-view the other day. There were like three or four diving elbows. Nobody does it as good as Savage did.
1: Oh yeah, Savage, good job.
0: Yeah, that's right. And you were talking about the tassels, the gear that he (laughs) would wear, Alyssa. If you imagine, if somebody said to you, think of a professional wrestler, and that's the only prompt you get, in your head, you should see the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes. His theme music, pomp and circumstance, the graduation anthem. Uh, his well, second. I would.
1: I would first think of the old Bailey.
0: The old Bailey, your 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 favorite wrestler, side ponytail era Bailey. That's right. I don't right.
1: know why she changed. Now she's weird and muscly and black hair and the Karen cut.
0: She's so good though. I don't. She's care. evolving.
1: I don't like her anymore.
0: Yeah, so here's the funny thing about- Her
1: like new music is like, oh.
0: Guess what, It's like
1: emo, depressing.
0: So some of Bailey's gear, uh, inspired by the Macho Man Randy Savage, obviously. Bailey's uh, transition move, the diving elbow drop. Also- Wow. A tribute to Macho Man Randy Savage. Liz, the colorful gear that the Macho Man would wear-
1: She's getting better. She's like not as emo.
0: You're still thinking about Bailey? Yeah. Bailey is great. S-
1: she signed my slap bracelet.
0: That's right. You met her when you were, when you were younger at a pro wrestling show yeah. in Florida. Liz, we were talking about her gear, how it was colorful and inspired by the Macho Man. Macho Man would have up to 45 different outfits made every single year for pro wrestling shows. Some of them would cost $2,500 each. And they were made by a guy in, in Florida that also made outfits for Jimi Hendrix and the Allman Brothers band, Alyssa. Really? Yeah, so that's kind of a big deal. He had those crazy sunglasses that he would wear. You know those kids in your class now that were pit vipers? Yeah. As you roll your eyes so hard, your head is gonna fall off.
1: No, it's cause all of the annoying kids wear them. I like how they look. Uh-huh. It's just all the annoying kids have them. So they like ruin it for
0: well, before there were annoying middle schoolers with pit vipers, there was the macho man, Randy Savage, and his uh, he wore them crazy sunglasses. He wore, well, they didn't exist then, but he wore sunglasses that looked like them. Pit vipers are, in part, inspired by the look that the macho man had.
1: And they're $80 each. Yeah, well,
0: his definitely weren't that much. He had uh, those big cowboy hats that he would wear with feathers and tassels. He had that crazy, wild caveman haircut. Remember
1: the- my my cowboy hat?
0: I do. We still have your cowboy hat. With
1: my feathers.
0: That's right. You put feathers on it.
1: I want to make like a holographic one with the tassels.
0: I think you should maybe be the Macho Man Randy Savage for Halloween this year. That would be fantastic.
1: Oh my God. I'll be the girl version.
0: Yeah. You could be the macho lady, Alyssa Savage.
1: I just see it.
0: You can see it in your head.
1: I have holographic pants.
0: You do have holographic pants. That's right. They would be perfect.
1: Because one year I was, per- was going to try to be an alien and then I forgot to do it.
0: Hey, Liz. What? Uh, speaking of Macho Man and his look and his outfits and Bailey, of course, the most iconic, I think, pro wrestling t-shirt maybe of all time. My my favorite one, of course, is the purple t-shirt that says Macho Man on it. And it's got his sunglasses and his face in the sunglasses. I wore that to the wrestling show where we met Bailey, and she said, That that was the greatest wrestling shirt of all time. Wow. Yeah, how about that?
1: Was that the guy, that's where we went to the guy and I like refused to go on his shoulders.
0: Oh yeah, the giant Omas when he was wrestling uh, as a trainee as his real name Jordan was there and he was picking little kids up and putting them on his shoulders and you took a picture with him, but it was- I refused
1: to go on his shoulders.
0: It was going to be a long way down if you fell off. That guy is legit seven feet tall plus. Yes. Liz. What? Maybe the most iconic things that the Macho Man ever had were his action figures. And in fact, just a few years ago for the San Diego Comic-Con, there was an exclusive action figure of the Macho Man Randy Savage in the Slim Jim gear that he wore in the Slim Jim commercials.
1: Just a few days ago, we found um, a Ninja Turtle action figure buried in our backyard.
0: That's right, we did. We found a, (laughs) a Raphael Ninja Turtle action figure buried in our backyard. And in fact... I'm looking at a Macho Man Randy Savage action figure in the studio right now that I have, uh, sitting on the shelf just behind me. This one that they made, uh, with him in the Slim Jim gear, he's holding boxes of Slim Jims, Alyssa, just like in the commercial. The packaging that it comes in is a Slim Jim branded box, and, uh... Action figure designer Bill McKenna actually said they got permission from Conagra Foods to use a period-appropriate logo on the box instead of the contemporary Slim Jim logo. Which uh, that's a commitment to accuracy that's not usually seen, of course. Yes. In professional wrestling action figures, Uh, and of course, Alyssa, in honor of the man himself, Slim Jim the snack released the Savage Slim Jim. It's three times as thick as a regular Slim Jim, Alyssa. And the packaging is in the Macho Man's signature purple striped Zubaz look. And of course, it is my favorite of the Slim Jim offerings lists. Yes. And guess what? What? Now it's time for my favorite part of this show.
1: Alyssa reads the ingredients.
0: Alyssa reads the ingredients. Uh fair warning. Get ready to be a little grossed out by this.
1: I'm really scared.
0: Yeah, okay. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Beef, pork. Mechanically separated chicken, Uh water, textured soy flour, corn syrup, salt, contains less than 2% of natural flavors, dextrose, paprika, extractives of paprika, hydrolyzed soy protein, maltodextrin, lactic acid, starter culture, barley malt extract, citric acid, soy less than, and sodium nitrate.
0: Yeah, Liz, uh, quick question. What is mechanically separated chicken?
1: So USD says it's a paste-like and a batter-like meat product produced by forcing bones with attached edible meat under high pressure through a sieve or similar device to separate the bone from the edible meat tissue.
0: Yeah, that's pretty gross, huh? Yeah. You basically take a chicken and you smush it through... (laughs) a stick uh, and not a stick a mold not even a mold like a sieve a sieve yeah like a sifter uh and it turns the chicken meat into like this pink slime uh and all the bones sort of get get filtered out that way uh i don't really want to okay, eat can
1: we not talk about this anymore
0: yeah i don't i don't want to eat things that are called mechanically separated that used to be animals that's kind of gross huh yeah List the uh, the other ingredients, not quite so nasty. Although the beef that they use generally comes from the lowest three of the eight grades of meat; those are called utility, cutter, and canner. So, like, you're not going to the butcher and saying, "I'd like some of that utility beef, please." So, it's, it comes from older steers; they have partially ossified vertebrae. List the the beef comes to the factory as sixty-pound frozen blocks of head Ew, and cheek meat.
1: That reminds me of Olive Garden pasta. <laughs>
0: because it comes in a bag that's uh that's microwaved yes yeah gross uh list the lactic acid starter culture though the other interesting ingredient in there it's used to ferment the meat so that it's sort of like a salami when you get uh all these seasonings and the paprika in there gives it the color and flavor that it has
1: okay let's get to the rules of the game
0: yeah speaking of flavor let's get to the rules of the game junk feud is a culinary clash to see which treat will be crowned the undisputed champion of snacks it's a king of the mountain style battle in which the reigning champ takes on a new challenger each week to see which snack reigns supreme and Alyssa, Alyssa. (laughs) did you know i was gonna say that
1: yes you always do the reigning defending defending undisputed
0: champion of snacks is
1: chocolate chip cookie dough chocolate
0: chip cookie dough we had a good showing by bomb pops last week for the fourth of july list I think, yeah
1: those firecrackers were not it though
0: yeah firecrackers not it bomb pops good though i think i might have actually underrated them
1: yeah actually I bomb pops are really good i just had one the other day
0: yeah still no match for cookie dough uh but Liz is the champ ready to snap into it against this challenger today <laughs> no yeah. Well, let's find out because today we're trying Slim Jims. Dig, Dig it. it. <laughs> yeah. And Liz, we have the Long Boys,
1: the snack you might find at any convenience store along any highway in USA, USA.
0: That's right, Liz. We got the Long Boys, the long Slim Jims. You were talking about the little short ones uh, earlier before we started the show. Please those are the like ones, a
1: million. Those
0: are the ones we usually get in our Christmas stockings. But today we got the Long Boys. Yeah. Uh They're and Liz, like you're looking at the markings on my (laughs) Nalgene bottle here that I've been drinking from during the show. We don't have any additional challengers today, Liz. Pure showdown, mano a mano, two snacks enter, one snack leaves. Although we do have the Savage Slim Jims just because I wanted to buy one because they're so cool. And Liz- Did
1: you get like the talky ones?
0: No, because they're not Slim Jim branded. They're their own snack. We may have to try those at another time. Yeah. But today- try those with the
1: spicy things.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea.
1: Spicy section.
0: Right now, Liz, though- it's crunch time.
1: We rate our snacks using a tier list from sprinkles to fun dip.
0: So snacks can be graded A, B, C, D, You're or F. you supposed
1: to say sprinkles to fun dip. Sprinkles to fun dip. Okay,
0: go. Okay, so <laughs> snacks can be graded A, B, C, D, or F. The very best treats are in the elusive S tier ranking. The following contest is scheduled for one serving.
1: One serving.
0: And is for the undisputed championship of junk, junk food. food. And here they are, Liz. Yes, I have yeah. for you a twin pack of Slim Jim Longboys. Cellophane wrapped, red, orange, and yellow packaging to match the gear of the Macho Man Randy Savage when he did the commercials.
1: These remind me of something like you would get at the, um, at like a Home Depot to like throw in the fire to make it like go bigger.
0: <laughs> they look like sticks of kindling to you? Yeah. Yeah, they kind of do. I want to open it. So as you look at them, now there is a way to open these snacks lists. There's a special way. Do you know what it is?
1: I just want to separate well, we'll
0: find out, Alyssa.
1: How do you open them?
0: Right after this. And we're back. Alyssa, we were talking about the packaging, of course, for the Slim Jims. Yes. I'm looking at the back of this, and this is like, this is the iconic look.
1: You can smell it from the outside. Of inside. a gas
0: station meat snack wrapped in cellophane, the crinkly texture of the outer casing. You said you can smell it through. Oh, down here. Through the packaging. Yeah, you kind of, there's a little bit of like smokiness. That you can get even through the cellophane. Well, first I was going to rip the two of them apart because this is a twin pack. Yeah, just like that. Now the secret, Alyssa, they're exactly the same. Okay, you've chosen your favorite. Is to hold them at the top where the serrations are and pull apart. Straight like that. Like it's a banana peel, like you're ripping it apart.
1: Oh, Oh, like that?
0: Well, you can do it that way too, sure. There you go. The smell is instantly recognizable as <laughs> only a Slim Jim can be. Okay, now. I on. don't think there's anything on earth that actually <laughs> smells like this. You are laughing. <laughs> you wave it around in the air like it's a lasso. <laughs> you hit the microphone stand. Great. Liz, the, uh, there's this, this smell ca- of...
1: Our room is going to smell like Pepper and forever. paprika,
0: of course. What other, sp- what other spices are you getting in here? Garlic?
1: Pepperoni.
0: It does smell a little bit like a pepperoni. It's not as singular. <laughs> you have it in your nose now. Does it smell better when you when you touch your brain with it? Yes. You're disgusting.
1: Ew, now my my nose is all greasy. So
0: yeah, of course, uh, very oily, the Slim Jim. Not a thing that you can actually hold in your hand. You have to hold it by the wrapper, which is why you have to open them in, in that way where you peel the cellophane apart from the top. But here-
1: I did some Jojo Siwa karaoke.
0: Oh, that's nice. List. Here then we will take our first bite and we will see if we have beef, if we have spice, this if we need like, a little excitement.
1: This could be like a natural highlight.
0: If we can snap <laughs> into a Slim Jim. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, you go. Oh, that was a
0: snap. No, oh, that was a snap too. What do I do? You eat it, of course.
1: Do I swallow it?
0: Yeah, it's a meat stick.
1: But you said it's hard.
0: Sometimes there are little bits of the casing or little gristly pieces that get left behind, but you can just swallow them. Listen, the taste is... Of course, beefy. Of course, spicy. There's a little bit of tanginess in there. It's strangely juicy for it's a- spicy. For like a- Meat stick. A cured sausage from a gas station. I did get these at a Wawa, by the way. I right, ready? I love these things. This is like the perfect walking out of an Exxon Tiger Mart at 3 a.m. while you're in the middle of West Nowhere, Nebraska snack. Such a joy, Alyssa. To have a slim Jim. Yeah. You're making a face. <laughs> this is not your favorite thing, is it? No. I think these are so divine.
1: I just like the snap.
0: So you, just like those teenagers, <laughs> are snapping into a slim Jim. The macho man was right. Liz, I have a special treat for us here. I did, in fact, pick up a savage-sized. Oh God. Three X, so meaty. It's savage slim Jim, and let's check this out. I got the spicy variety. There are a number of different varieties of Slim Jim. This is the Savage oh my spicy God. variety. Oh It is. It's like, this looks like a pepperoni stick. It actually looks like something you might give to a dog, <laughs> like a dog treat. Uh, it, is the, it is the same shape more or less as a regular Slim Jim with that sort of like wrinkled exterior. I want to open it. It has a picture of the Macho Man Randy Savage on the front with his Pit Viper-esque sunglasses, his bandana, his individual knuckles athletically taped, the purple Zubaz on the back, the print that says, oh yeah, snap into a Slim Jim. Wait, what? Okay, ready? What's that one smell like? Does it smell spicier? Not really. Not really? I mean, I get a little bit of, it smells slightly different than the beefy, tangy, spicy Slim Jim. Does this
1: one have a snap? Oh, I didn't even bite it, it's really spicy.
0: Wow. You're making a face. You're making the spicy face. Mm. Not as much of a snap on these, just because I think there's so much meat in this, it's hard to get through. But let us let me try it.
1: Oh, it's really spicy.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, Hi. so there is, there is a pretty substantial... It's not like gonna kill you hot, but there is a pretty substantial background red pepper in this, like a cayenne kind of almost. Yeah, it's hotless. It's hotter than the regular one. I mean, the ingredient's exactly the same, but they're getting away with it with the uh, natural flavors disclaimer on there.
1: Whatever, it's fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I wanted... So I'll say this. Some of the original marketing literature... Are you going to snap into do it again? There's the original. Some of the original marketing literature... It sounds
1: literature... like you're pulling
0: a tooth out. Ew, that's gross. For the Slim Jim said uh, that it's more than a snack, but less than a meal. I'd say the Long Boy... The original Slim Jim, definitely that. Slightly more than a snack, more substantial, fair amount of protein, but less than a meal. The Savage Stick, if you ate an entire one of these, that would, I would say that would be a meal because it's 130 calories for one third of a stick. So three servings per container Nearly 400 calories in this meat stick here, which, you know, not a lot for as substantial as this thing is because it's mostly meat, which is generally lower in calories than some of but the it's other processes. But
1: mechanically snacks. separated.
0: But of course the chicken is mechanically separated. One more bite for me and then we can get to the bliss point and hit our ratings. I mean, this Ready? is...
1: We'll snap it at the same time. He. I feel like mine had a better snap.
0: Yours did. The casing gives such a good snap to this. Hmm. Listen, do you know what the original... Recipe Slim Jim's casing was.
1: Hmm.
0: Lamb intestine. Not the one you just ate.
1: What's this one?
0: I don't know. It doesn't say if it's a natural or artificial casing. Ew. Might also be lamb intestine. Not on the ingredients. Anyway, know. Liz. I'm going to vomit. I, hey, I'm ready to hit the bliss point.
1: Me too.
0: Salty, a little bit sweet, definitely tangy, very fatty, very oily. Liz, what do you think about the Slim Jim? Because I know what I think, and I know it's probably different than what you think. C+. Plus. C plus, oh, my heart, it breaks. That
1: is higher than average.
0: It is higher than average. And I think, Alyssa, this is, I think the Slim Jim, the original Slim Jim, the Long Boy, A plus for me. Get out of here. I just barely held back from giving it an S tier. This is such a great snack. Dad. What a treat. Mm. It is designed by scientists based on the the legacy Of an enterprising young Philadelphia boy.
1: This reminds me of something Hulk would eat.
0: Like the Incredible Hulk? this
1: one, yeah. The Savage
0: Stick? Oh, for sure. That looks like, it's like an Incredible Hulk-sized Slim Jim. I mean, I love these things. I think they're so good. I don't. The perfect road trip snack.
1: But dad, what's better, cookie dough or this?
0: Well, I know what I think. What do you think?
1: Cookie dough? You
0: think cookie dough, of course. I think I would rather have a Slim Jim than some raw cookie dough, even though I know cookie dough is just so good. I would rather have a Slim Jim, but I I think that probably I have to defer to you on this one and say that although I love the Slim Jim, uh, I'm not willing to overrule your opinion on the matter because our ratings were so far apart. Yeah. So I guess that means, Alyssa.
1: You're a winner and still.
0: Oh, despite my best efforts, <laughs> despite... The efforts of the Macho Man Randy Savage, the patron saint of meat. Do you sticks. only
1: like this because Macho Man helps with it?
0: It absolutely helps. It pushes it up at least a letter grade. <laughs> Those oh, Macho God. Man commercials are pop art of the Ooh, highest caliber. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, but
1: Ooh, you lose.
0: I know. I guess I'll say this. You're a winner and steel, steel. reigning defending undisputed huh? champion of snacks. Chocolate chip. Cookie, cookie
1: dough, dough. chocolate chip cookie dough Woof. man dog <laughs>
0: what what an episode uh, so I far and there's more to go list
1: i don't like the smell of this meat. you
0: <laughs> you don't want this to uh <laughs> you don't want the scent of
1: meat spicy
0: no. smoked meat sticks to uh cloud your olfactory <laughs> senses for what's coming up next Alyssa. it's the oreo rule straight
1: from norway we have raspberry cream and caramel cream.
0: Yeah, in fact, I found some some Oreo remix packages that I hadn't seen before while I was in Norway. Uh, there's one that says Oreo caramel and vanilla and one that says Oreo raspberry and vanilla. So I'm interested in trying these out to see what they're like because these may be, you know, widespread around the world. I've just never seen them anywhere except for this this one store that I happen to pop Wow, Whoa,
1: that's like a candle. <sighs>
0: <laughs> so, the Alyssa has the caramel and vanilla Oreo right there, which is a double stuffed set. And of course, you destroyed this package again somehow. <laughs> uh, from Mondelez International, these are your standard Oreo wafer cookies. A double stuffed portion of cream, half of it caramel, half of it original Oreo vanilla cream, it says. Yeah, that is like a butterscotchy caramel, isn't it? You're making such a mess here. The chocolate wafer, very crisp, as always. The cocoa. The cocoa flavor on it seems a little bit muted on mine. Does it for yours? Maybe I just have like Slim Jim mouth right now?
1: No, my fine.
0: Anyway, let's try it with the cream here. Okay, so I don't like these very much, Liz. Um, Caramel not, at least this kind of caramel. The sort of like high note, sickly sweet, butterscotchy caramel. Rather than the deeper, burnt amber, sort of darker, more complex caramel. They're fine. Not for me. I'd say these are fine. I'd say C minus.
1: Whoa. Berries and cream.
0: Yeah, berries and cream on the raspberry. Wow, these really smell strongly of raspberry. It smells like Pez. It does. It smells like the the purpley red Pez, the raspberry Pez. That's a really good observation. Uh, same configuration as before. Two chocolate wafers, double stuffed cream inside, half vanilla, half raspberry. Oh, look at that. I got a clean break between raspberry and vanilla cream there on the twist. Wow. I'm going to put them back together.
1: <laughs> it tastes just like the Pez.
0: Yeah, it does. It tastes like Pez. I like raspberry Pez. I don't think I would go out of my way to get these though. Mm-mm. A single sleeve of each of these we have here. Uh, listen, I, yeah, I'd say, I said C minus for caramel and vanilla. I'd say C plus for raspberry and vanilla. Not, these are not great. Not terrible. I mean, it's a double stuffed Oreo with some interesting flavors in them, but yeah, compared to just the standard double stuffed Oreo or a thin or a s'mores or a snickerdoodle or any of those really good ones that we had, this, these pale in comparison. You are balancing the Oreo wafer on your forehead right now Wiggling your eyebrows. It is over your eye. Your face is covered in chocolate crumbs.
1: I didn't do it.
0: That's disgusting. You, you're you losing it today. And Liz, uh, before this degenerates even more.
1: You've never seen that trend?
0: No, I've never seen the trend of putting an Oreo on your face.
1: So basically, you put it on your forehead and you move your like facial. Fa- facial. <laughs> you move your facial features.
0: Muscles. F- muscles.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. And you like move it around and try to get it into your mouth.
0: So you're trying to manipulate an Oreo from the top of your head into your mouth. hmm What a disaster. I weep for the future. Uh, Abe Froman. Liz, we ask each week on this show a very important question. Can you deep fry this week's snack? Liz. What? Yes, you can. In fact, deep fry Slim Jims. And uh, I'm actually anxious to maybe try this at some point in the future. I saw at least two different YouTube videos where people were chopping up Slim Jims into little bite-sized pieces. They were battering them. And then deep frying them and uh, putting toothpicks in them and eating them like they were hors d'oeuvres. It, it seemed to be good, Alyssa. Mm-mm. I wouldn't just want to like straight up, naked, raw, uh, deep fry a Slim Jim. Probably it would get like hard and crispy and, and kind of gross. It's already oily enough, but yeah, battered and fried, I would try it.
1: I wouldn't. You know what I would try deep fried butter.
0: You wouldn't try a deep fried Slim Jim, but you would try deep fried butter.
1: People say it tastes like French toast.
0: Well, I mean, I guess if it's just, Batter and butter, then yeah, that's kind of what French toast is. butter on
1: a stick, battered and. Fr-
0: wow, that's horrible. Uh, Liz, what? here's something that's not horrible. It's the back of the box. A weekly segment where we play a little game. Yes. Would you like to play a game? Yes. Okay. Uh, this week's segment, of course, coming back second week in a row. Around the world in eighty bites. bites. That's right. On around the world in eighty bites, we try snacks from across the globe. I got it right that time. Today we have some snacks in keeping with the theme. Uh, from Norway, Alyssa, and I have. Right here, two interesting treats that I saw there that I'd like you to try. The first one is called Quick Lunch, <laughs> which uh, translates as Quick Lunch. And this is essentially, Alyssa, Norwegian Kit Kats. Norwegian Kit Kats.
1: Gotta have Alyssa open them.
0: Yeah. What do you, what do you think about the packaging there? That's kind of an interesting uh, packaging scheme, huh?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and on the front, it says God tour, which I think means have a good trip basically, like have a nice trip.
1: See, I don't ruin this packaging.
0: Oh, that one you opened up very well. There's some words on the inside.
1: There's birds on it.
0: And uh, they are all in Norwegian, and I have no idea I what they say. I
1: can totally read that.
0: You're right, there are birds on, this is a, this is a Kit Kat, but in uh, printed on the chocolate is uh, what looks to be a heron standing on one leg. Hmm. Or maybe an ibis. Is it ibis or ibis?
1: The mountain weather rules.
0: The mountain weather rules, that's what that means? Wow, what a, all of that is one word. I, n- I would have had no idea.
1: Can I read
0: it? Yeah, no idea what this says whatsoever at all. Fascinating, though. G, oh. Uh, by the way, we're supposed to be eating this candy?
1: Oh, the mountain laws.
0: The mountain laws, okay. So there are laws, oh, the laws of the mountain. It's interesting. Uh, The chocolate is a little bit meltier than you would get on a Kit Kat in the U.S. That's due to... The differences in manufacturing in American chocolate and European chocolate.
1: Oh, so these are just laws. It smells good. Yeah.
0: Okay, Alyssa. Yeah. This is a Kit Kat, but better. Wow. Yeah. And I like Kit Kats. Uh, Crispy wafers inside. The chocolate, way better than whatever the standard Kit Kat chocolate is on the American Kit Kat bars.
1: So the thing does say, have a good and safe chip.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I like the quick lunch.
1: Cookie chocolate.
0: Cookie chocolate, it says on the wrapper at the top. What do you think? These are pretty good, huh? Yeah,
1: they're good.
0: Yeah, I'd say B+. B plus. Yeah. Yeah, very good. I mean, the Kit Kat, a great treat. This, an elevated Kit Kat. Alyssa, now we have something that I'm a little bit anxious about. Can I see it? Yeah. This is a packet, a little white packet with a little black and red boat on the top. And it says Fisherman's Friend, Alyssa. And I was told that the original Fisherman's Friend is a delicacy in Norway. These are little candies. Little hard candies, like mints almost. Are you ready to try them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. We're going to try them out. This says menthol and eucalyptus flavor pastilles.
1: Why would I want to eat eucalyptus?
0: Uh, I don't know. We're about to find out as you go back in for more of the quick lunch.
1: I thought eucalyptus was just like a scent.
0: Okay, so these are little hard candies. They are brown.
1: (laughs) They look like turd
0: pebbles. (laughs) They that's disgusting. They look like they may have come out of a rabbit at one point in time. Mine has six little dots on the front. Does yours have six little dots?
1: Yeah. They're like flatter though.
0: They smell they smell like menthol and eucalyptus. Smell like
1: a candy. Not a, a candy, candy, um a candle.
0: Another candle. Well here they we go, going in.
1: Oh woo! Oh <laughs>
0: that is Ho oh, oh. ho! Just put it in.
1: No, I'm not oh good. Oh my gosh. I'm not good with minty.
0: It's not It's not minty in the traditional sense. It's like cooling. It is very cooling. It is effervescent. Wow. All right. So um, here's what this is. You know, when you were a kid and you had a cold and your grandmother (laughs) was taking care of you and she would put the Uh -uh. Vicks Vapor Rub on you. Uh, Oh, oh, yeah. This is edible. Ugh. Uh, The edible Vapor Rub. It's not good. It's edible Vicks Vapor Rub. Wow. Uh, Yeah. If I was a fisherman... Perhaps I might like this because I've already made a bunch of bad choices in my life. And well, uh, this know would what? just be the last one in a series of them.
1: This would be good if you lost your taste of sense and smell like I did.
0: Yeah. If you were experiencing some uh, COVID symptoms, for example, and you had lost your sense of taste and smell, you could probably chop down a whole pack of these. I'm having trouble getting through this just one. It is like completely demolishing my palate here. Everything just tastes like mint and eucalyptus. I feel like a koala.
1: You know, I can have those in the morning.
0: You could if you wanted to wake your taste buds right up. Yeah, you could eat one of these in the morning. Uh but Liz, it's nighttime now. So I think it's time to say goodbye. What but but uh, before we go, where do you want to rate Fisherman's Friend uh, from sprinkles to fun dip? C. Yeah, I don't even know what to uh, I don't even know what to <laughs> rank this because it's doing the thing it's supposed to do, which is it's a it's a mentholated eucalyptus hard candy and it's doing that well, but I don't like it. I guess if I was sick and I wanted to clear out my sinuses, maybe. Yeah, see, fine. Oh, let's get this over with. Uh, this podcast should reach you in excellent condition. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. If you've got a question for us, you can write to the address on the label. That's junkfeudpod at gmail.com. Liz, Nope. Any, f- any final thoughts no okay uh this podcast has contained your recommended deli allowance of fun fun for more go to twitter instagram or wherever you choose to be social find us at junkview pod you can watch fun size reviews on youtube buy our merch on Public, and don't forget to catch all the snacks in each and every week wherever you listen to podcasts until we see you again for Alyssa, i'm mike
1: hasta lasagna
0: don't get any on ya.
1: boy
0: Ooh yeah